All right, let's turn to Psalm 126. Psalm 126 uh, in the Word of God. Psalm 126 in the Word of God. Of course, a familiar psalm says this, Psalm 126, uh, just six short uh, verses or stanzas or whatever you want to call them. Amen. Psalm 126 says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. And of course, verses 5 and 6, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Let's pray again together. Father, again, Lord, we just thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for these good songs that you, uh, Lord, gave uh, people the ability to write. Lord, because you saved them and they loved you. And Lord, uh, they wanted to uh, have something, dear God, through which they could worship you and adore you. And Lord, I'm glad that they've shared those with us, dear God, so we can sing them. Good songs, spiritual songs. Uh, dear God, songs that help us and encourage us in the faith and that magnify our <laughs> beloved Savior. Thank you for the talents you've given, uh, Lord, to sing solos and play pianos and lead songs and all that. Lord, we're, we're thankful for the talents that you've given to your people and, Lord, their willingness to use them uh, to thy glory. Lord, we think of those that are sick among us, Lord. Uh, please touch them, those that are traveling and will be traveling. Lord, please <laughs> watch over them. Well, we think of Sister Sergeant and the team. Uh, dear God, uh, as they're going up and down so many roads, please watch over them, continue to use them uh, to be a witness for you. And thank you for their uh, willingness to go. And uh, Lord, we pray even for spiritual needs, uh, Lord, of those that are listening and those that are here. Uh, dear God, we need your grace tonight, whether it's for salvation, restoration, continuation, dear God. Lord, we are dependent upon you and we realize without you, we can do nothing. Lord, as we look at this lesson tonight, dear God, Lord, again, we ask you to burden our heart for souls. Uh, dear God, open our eyes afresh uh, to the need, uh, dear God, of those around us. Uh, Lord, that we would live with a conscious awareness of their need and a conscious awareness of our responsibility. And Lord, that you've given us the greatest commission, uh, dear God, to go and tell. So help us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so as, uh, you know, we have this evangelization coming up and uh, things are opening up, we want to get back to knocking doors. So uh, I, again, uh, I want to do a, a lesson on, uh, on, uh, uh, soul, on soul winning, amen? You should say, I want to be a soul winner, amen? I uh, like that song about being a soul winner. You know, it's uh, sort of interesting. Uh, we think about these last two verses, five and six. Uh, you know, that sort of give a thought about, uh, about being a soul winner. But the first four verses, you know, with this, you know, the psalm here is right what? About a great deliverance that God gave to his people. But when you read these first uh, four verses, you know what they sound like? They sound to me like somebody that just got saved too. Amen. You know how, how when you first got saved, how excited you were and man, how fresh everything looked. Boy, if you sort of read these verses and the thought of somebody that just got saved, look at them again. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. Amen. 
Amen. I mean, you can say, man, boy, I remember when the Lord turned my captivity. Amen. I was bound in sin on my way to hell. And one day the Lord came. Amen. And he turned that. And we were like them that dream. Amen. I mean, amen. I mean, just like, wow, did this really happen? Did I really just get saved? Am I really, my sins really forgiven? Am I really heaven bound? Do I really have eternal life? You know, uh, 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 sort of, uh, you know, you're just afraid to go asleep for you to wake up. But man, was that real? You know, if you remember me telling you about that, that uh, first uh, that, that couple we met in, in Bulgaria, you know, we met them at eight o'clock and they were still in our house at midnight. True story. Boyan and Bianetta. And uh, they didn't want to leave. Really, they couldn't believe there was somebody there to uh, give the gospel and give the Bible. And they're afraid they'd go home and wake up and like it was just a dream. Amen. Isn't that good when people have that freshness and that excitement? Boy, I, no, no wonder. Now, we know in David's, uh, uh, David messed up pretty bad. And he, but is it, I do like one thing he said in his confession, right? In Psalm 51, restoring to me the joy of salvation. He said, man, I, you know, hey, when God did a work in my, there was joy. There was excitement. Hey, 34 years later, I still want to have that joy. I still want to have excitement. Amen. I still want it to be fresh. He said, then uh, was our mouth filled with laughter. Amen. And our tongue was singing. Man, you guys, boy, I mean, I don't know what your background is, but man, when I, when I got uh, saved and I went to church and, you know, and I said, you know, I'm wearing jeans and an eyes on t-shirt, a shirt, you know, and pull over and I was like, you ain't never going to catch me in a suit. <laughs> you know, that's just not, that's just not me. That's funny. I can't even believe I used to uh, say that, man. But I said, I'm not the type of guy to, I'm not the type of guy to wear a suit, you know. But man, but then I started singing them hymns and all those things like, wow, man, uh, 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 I'd stumble along and man, I couldn't find anything in the Bible, couldn't find anything in the hymn book. But all I know is, hey, I wanted to sing it and I wanted to, uh, to tell it. That's just exciting. And, and, and then said uh, among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. Boy, isn't that what happened? You got to say, man, people that knew you, they said, man, uh, something's happened to this guy. This guy's a, 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 a different, you know, people that, that, were, that I was in the military with when I got saved, you know, and uh, they knew a little bit about how, how crazy I was. And all of a sudden I got, uh, uh, got, got, got saved, man. I'd come into, I'd come in, boy, uh, whatever uh, preacher I was preached on Sunday, that's what they heard all week, man. And I, I mean, I would just literally uh, uh, bust the doors down. I remember one time that the light, the electricity went out uh, in, in, in the barracks there. And I just walked in. I mean, I, I walked in, I opened the door and I go, men prefer darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And I closed the door and I went to the next room. Men prefer darkness rather than light because their deeds are That's just uh, uh, how it was. I, I was sitting there reading my Bible one time. We were out and one of my sergeants walks up and I said, Sergeant, I got a verse for you. And he said, what? I said, hell hath enlarged itself to meet thee at thy coming. And I read, I read, him, I read him that verse, you know. I was, uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm a deadhead compared to what I was. And I just, but I, mean, I was excited about being saved. I was, you know, I laughed and wanted to sing. And I, man, I wanted people to know that God had done great things in my life. It says the Lord, and then, then they said, it said, man, somebody, God did great things in their life. And we said, yeah, God's done great things for us. You're right. Amen. That's how you were when you got saved. And you know what? Whereof we are glad. Doesn't matter how long you've been saved, I guarantee you, you're still glad about it. Amen. Brother Thomas has never gotten over about that time he walked down here in 1983. He told us about it last week and he's still glad about it, still shouting about it, still enjoying about it. He says, what? Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Boy, he's like, Lord, do it again. Amen. Boy, I know you can't get saved again. Amen. But if you could, I'd, I'd want to. Amen. I don't want to keep it fresh, but I'm glad you don't have to. But I want that freshness. I want that joy to stay there. And because we have that, right, 
We need to get out and tell others. You know, uh, we're coming up on uh, uh, the 4th of July and remembering the founding of our country. And we think about and we think about all everything that's going on in our country been going on the last uh, year and more. But you know what? I, I got thinking about this. You know, the problems we are having in society today. The problems we're having in society today. Despite popular opinion, <laughs> the problems we are having today are not caused or not because of the many differences we have. Boy, that's what they want to do. You see, divide and conquer. That's how the devil works. That's how the enemy works. He wants to he wants to divide us. And, you know, he wants to divide us by race. He wants to divide us by social status and all these things. And he wants to divide us and say, well, all your problems are because, you know, they got too much money. All your problems are because they've had privileges you didn't have and all that stuff. But, you know, really, you know, but we know the Bible. And because we know the Bible, we know they're wrong. That all the differences in society today really aren't because of all the differences we have. Really, all the problems we have in society today are because of the one thing we all have in common. The reason there's so much problems in the society today is because of the one thing everybody has in common. That's what's causing all the problems. Well, here's a, here's a good verse to use when you're what's causing all the problems. Well, here's a, here's a good verse to use when you're talking to people about those things. Say, oh, you think it's because of this? No, I'll tell you why we're having all these problems. It's really because of the one thing we have in common. And then read them this, Romans 3, 9. What then? Are we better than they? <laughs> no. Are we better than they? No. We're not better than anybody else. I'm not better than anybody else. Hate to break it to you, but you're not better than anybody else either. Amen. Hate to break the news. Hey, uh, you might be smarter than me. Uh, you might have more talent than me. But at the end of the day, you're just as sorry as me. Sorry to break, sorry to break the news to you. Amen. We're no better. Nobody's better than anybody else. Are we better than they? Verse 9. No, in no wise. For what we have, we, for we have before proved. We have before proved. Hey, the evidence is there. It's been proved that what? Both Jew and Gentiles, amen, everybody, that what? That they are all under sin. That's what we all have in common. You know, hey, again, we might have, uh, uh, you know, we might have some differences, right? But that's not what's causing all the problems. What's causing the problem is what we all have in common. What? That they're all under sin. That is what's causing the problem. And the only thing that can remedy that problem right, from which all other problems flow, is salvation, is the gospel. So, right, in our hand and in our heart, right, we have the only remedy for society, the only remedy for the world. And so since there's really only one main problem, amen, there's only one thing that can fix that one main problem, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why we need to be soul winners. Amen. That's why we need to be witnesses. And you know, Proverbs 1130, he that winneth souls is what? Wise. Well, hey, you, you know, you might be like me. I ain't too smart, but that doesn't mean you can still be wise. Amen. By telling somebody about Jesus. Amen. You, you may not be too smart like me, but hey, you can still be wise by telling somebody 
about Jesus. I love this verse. Daniel 12, 3 says, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness. That's what we want to do. Turn many to righteousness as the stars forever. Amen. Shine for Jesus. And so we read these verses. Now we know, hey, we talk about being in the ministry and, you know, the Bible says he's given some, you know, apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Well, not everybody's called to do that. Now, we know everybody's called to salvation and not only and, and once they're called to salvation, everybody is called to be a witness. Everybody is called to be uh, a witness. And so uh, I, I, I like what uh, 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 Billy Sunday, that evangelist of old, said about soul winning, about soul winning. And uh, I don't know if I've ever read this before, but it says he said this. Soul winning is a definite effort. To lead a definite person. To accept a definite savior. At a definite time. I think that's a pretty good uh, uh, definition. What is it? Let me read that again. Soul winning or witnessing is a definite effort to leave it a definite person. Right. You're talking to somebody to accept a definite savior. That's good. At a definite time. Right. Jesus says, hey, there needs to be a definite time. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. So that's pretty clear right there. So that might be a good thing to write down. So I want to be a soul winner. So you know what? I want, to, I want to be definite about reaching a definite person, amen, for the definite Savior, that they might get saved at a definite time. And so, you know, and you say, well, you know, I, 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 I'm nobody. I don't know how to listen. Remember, listen, uh, two, of the, two, of the, the, two of the greatest people in Christian history, at least in the last couple of years, who? D.L. Moody and Spurgeon. And who were they led? They weren't led to the Lord by some other great evangelist, by other some great. They were both led to the Lord by very humble people. Right. Uh, uh, D.L. Moody was led to the Lord by what? By his Sunday school teacher. Some people remember his name, but uh, not many people remember his his uh, Sunday school teacher's name that uh, went to him at work. And then Spurgeon. You know, Spurgeon got saved on a stormy, on a snowy, stormy night, right? A winter stormy night. And uh, uh, the, the storm was so bad that the preacher didn't even show up. He went in, right? He was burdened and he went in this uh, little old church, just a handful of people. And the weather was so bad that uh, 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 the, the, uh, the uh, uh, pastor didn't make it. I guess his horse had a flat tire. So I don't know what happened there. Anyways, but listen, and a deacon got up and preached. A deacon got up and preached and just said, uh, 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 was it, uh, uh, look, look, under the, what's, that, what's that verse in Isaiah? Uh, about, you know, look, looking at the Lord, all ye ends of the earth, right? And be ye saved. He gave that verse. And uh, Spurgeon, and uh, Spurgeon's heart was touched and he got, he got saved. And so listen, uh, God can use the simplest of men, amen, uh, to reach people. And remember Andrew, right? Right after he did, he's the one that brought Peter to the Lord. I like what uh, Charles Spurgeon said. Charles Spurgeon said this. I thought this was pretty interesting. Charles Spurgeon said, if I were utterly selfish and had no care for anything but my own happiness, right? And God would let me choose what I would desire to do for my own happiness. That's what he's talking about. He said, if I was just so selfish that I just wanted to do the, that I would just say, God, let me do the one thing that makes me happy. He says, this is what I would choose. 
He said, I would choose if I might under God to be a soul winner. For never did I know perfect, overflowing, unutterable happiness of the purest and most ennobling uh, order till I first heard of one who had sought and found the Savior through my means. Boy, think back about somebody you led to the Lord. Well, the other day I was driving down the road and my phone rang. And I said, hello. And all of a sudden there was a phone I recognized. And the person said, thank you for leading me to the Lord 20 years ago to stay. Right. And uh, and I said, oh, I remember when you got saved. We knocked on your door and you soon, I'll never forget it. As soon as we opened the door, uh, she looked at it and said, what must I do to be saved? I mean, just just like that. She did. Because I've been witnessing to her and uh, she got saved that day and her and uh, and uh, her husband got right with God. And uh, we baptized uh, both of them. And now they're still faithfully serving the Lord uh, 20 years later. Boy, what, a, what a blessing to get that call. What an encouragement uh, to get that call from uh, 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 people around the world about getting saved. And so we might be like Spurgeon and say, hey, oh man, if I could just tell somebody and see somebody get saved. So let me give you a quick, some reasons for being a soul winner. Well, one, the worth of a soul. The worth of a soul. What's the Bible say in Mark 8, 36? For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? A soul is worth more than the whole world. So the worth of a soul. is We need to be conscious of the worth of a soul. And the fact that there's a hell and we need to keep that before us. Well, you know, if, you know, the reality, I know we're always talking about God's love and we're always talking about joy, but we need to keep before us the reality that there is a hell. And one day people are going to be cast into hell. And then uh, after the judgment, they'll be cast in the lake of fire where they'll spend all eternity. And we need to ask God, Lord, give us a conscious awareness of the worth of that soul. God, give us a conscious awareness of the reality of a true hell of hell, fire and brimstone. Right. What's the St. Louis 16? He lifted up his eyes. What? Being in torments. That is a reality. And God needs, we need to ask God to stir our heart about that. And then the sufferings of Christ, when we, look at, when we look at the price that our beloved Savior paid, that ought to stir our heart. Listen, he, he, he did that for the whole world. How can, he, how can we, we, we sing about him paying that price? How can we read about him paying that price? How can we uh, 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 say we're, we're thankful that he paid that price and really mean it in our heart and not want to tell others about it? Right. Like those lepers. Right. In, in, in the book of Kings. Right. Uh, when they went out and they found all that spoil out there and, and they took all they could. And then what they say, they said, what in the world? How in the world can we keep this to ourselves? How in the world can we keep this to ourselves? Why we'd be doing wrong not to share this with others. And boy, if we can rejoice and we can sing about it and we can be thankful about it and we can say, oh, it was like a dream. And oh, uh, the songs and all that. And, and how can we not be stirred to tell somebody else about it. And, then, and, and just uh, uh, thinking about our loved ones, the desire to have the family circle completed in heaven. Wouldn't it be sad to know that one relative or some of our relatives didn't make it because we didn't have a burden enough and we didn't make an effort enough even to our own loved ones because of our laziness or carelessness toward our loved ones. 
And so uh, uh, we need to ask God, say, as we think about these reasons, God, use these things to stir our heart and to keep before us the need to be a definite, amen, effective soul winner. And so uh, we see the reasons. Let's look at the needs of a personal soul winner. Amen. Well, of course, you, you, you got to make sure that you're saved and that you know what you're talking about and that we live a life. Amen. That is an effective witness and that uh, we're dependent upon the Holy Spirit of God, like we talked about today, uh, uh, to be a witness and not dependent on our own ability just because we've memorized a, couple, a bunch of verses and uh, just because we think we've got, you know, the Romans road all down packed. Amen. Romans road. You know what? There's an Isaiah road. There's a John Road, boy. You know, all roads lead to Calvary, amen, uh, in the word of God. And so we need, to, we need to make sure that we know we're saved. We need to make sure uh, that we're, we're a people of prayer and that uh, we're people that try to live according to the precepts and principles uh, of uh, the word of God uh, in our own life. And that God, we would ask God to stir us. And like our Savior says what? He looked upon the multitudes and was what? And was moved with compassion. But we need to ask ourselves, we, you know, I mean, uh, 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 I, I get convicted by my own self. Boy, we, we, we run into this store, we run out of that store, and we're downtown doing this, and we're down doing that. And when's the last time we just stopped and meditated on all the fact of all the people driving around us or all the people walking around us and, and uh, uh, ask ourselves, you know, do they know my beloved Savior? My beloved Savior. So God has, you know, we know God has called us. And just looking at these two verses in Psalm uh, 126, we see verse 5. They, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth, and there's the word go. And remember, what does go mean? Don't stay. Right. Go means don't stay. Get out there. So do not wait for the sinner to speak to you or open the conversations. God's order is that we go to him and that the, the, the person and maneuver the conversation to salvation. Right. Grab a verse and head to Calvary. That's what you do. Grab a verse and head to Calvary or their question. Amen. Grab a, grab whatever they ask. Take it and head to Calvary. And notice it says, so we need to go and that God would give us a broken heart. When's the last time we sincerely, you know, prayed fervently uh, for souls and prayed uh, fervently uh, 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 with, with, with a broken and compassionate heart? Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 9, 1. Jeremiah wished, he said that, that he might weep day and night for Israel. Paul wept for souls. He said this in Acts 20, 19, with many tears and temptations. He said this in Acts 20, 31, Paul said, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. So we must go, we must go with a burden. And of course, we must go with the word of God. That's the precious seed. Amen. This is uh, the good seed uh, uh, in the Bible. First Peter 1 23 says being born again. What? Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Now, listen, this book, right? The Bible, that word is forever settled in heaven. This book is a living book. That's what makes it different. This book, it's alive. This is the living word of God. What's it say over there in uh, uh, Hebrews 4, 12? What, what, I mean, did you ever think about what, what that verse is saying? It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a, a living word that speaks to dead people that it might make them alive. For the word of God is what? It's quick. It, what, what, it's life-giving. 
and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing what? Of sunder of what? Of soul, spirit, and joints of marrow. What? We're, we're a tripart being. We have a body, soul, and spirit. And this word is able to divide between body, soul, and spirit. And look at this. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Boy, this book knows what's going on in your life. You know, you hear people preach, man, who told that preacher what was going on in my life? Who told that preacher what was going on in my life? Hey, 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 the Spirit of God and the Word of God, amen, can discern, amen, and convict what's going on in your life. We need to be people of the Word of God. Jesus exhorts us in parable, right, of the sowing the seed, right, to take the good seed. Now, listen, what happens with the seed? We leave that up to God. It's God that gives the increase. But listen, you notice that he didn't pick and choose. He just went out there and sowed the seed. He didn't sit there and say, well, is this good? Ah, uh, that looks kind of rocky. Oh, well, you know, I don't know about this over here. Now, he, he didn't go out and pick and choose. He just went out and sowed the seed. And we don't need to pick and choose between people. You know, amen. Everybody needs the gospel. We just need to go out there and sow it there because, you know, sometimes the last person you think will listen will be the ones to listen the most uh, intently. It surprised me. You know, uh, sometimes the people that will say go away and some people that will actually uh, uh, listen. So don't try to figure it out. Amen. Don't try to figure out. Go out. Amen. And witness to people uh, for the Lord and trust the Lord for results. Amen. You will not win everyone you talk to, but you will win some. You, I, I think you're, people are going to be surprised. They think, well, I just handed out some tracks. You'll be surprised how many people uh, took that on. Even if it was just a two percent, that's better than no percent. So ask God to, to stir you with that. Each conversation is perhaps a link in the chain drawing others to Christ. Uh, I would always tell people, listen, our job today, we hope to see somebody get saved. But our job is just to go out there. I've said it here before. Is just go out there and strike the rock. Amen. We don't know if it's the first strike on that boulder or the last one when it falls apart or one in between. But every every strike on that rock is going to have an impact and work towards that uh, boulder falling apart. Amen. And, and falling apart before the Lord Jesus Christ and that person getting saved. Because what the Bible says, uh, there's rejoicing. I, you know, people say it's amazing how many people say, do you think in heaven they know what's going on down here? Well, there's verses that say, yeah, they know what they can know what's going on down here. I mean, Luke 15, 10 says this. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. That repented. Well, who's in the presence of the angels? The saints and God. Amen. The saints are rejoicing when somebody gets saved. God is rejoicing when somebody gets saved. And them angels are still scratching their head. I still don't know what all this is about, but they seem to be having a good time. Just leave them alone. Just leave them alone. Amen. Uh, they're, having, they're having a good a good time. You know, hey, listen, somebody's been praying for somebody. I think a George Mueller, right? Uh, those two guys that he prayed for for over 50 years. So one of them got saved right before he died. And so he was able to rejoice on earth. Amen. Uh, oh, John got in. Praise God. John got in. Boy, before I slipped out of here, John got in. Uh, still praying for old Steve. Still praying for old Steve. And he prayed for him. But you know what? 
when Steve or whatever the guy's name, when he got saved, he got to rejoice over that one too. Hey, George, hey, guess who got in today? Woo, amen. And uh, I can hear him. Of course, you know, he lived in England, but, you know, Mueller was German. Oh, das ist gut. Ah, sehr gut. Ah, ah, Stefan got saved today. I mean, amen. Uh, he got to rejoice in that. Amen. I don't know if he still had his German accent up there. Amen. But he got to rejoice up there that, amen, he got in. What a wonderful thing that is. And so we need to be people of the word. Uh, study the word, write verses in the back of your Bible if you don't have that many saved. Matter of fact, I want to give a challenge right now because we're going to finish up in a minute before I go further. Amen. Uh, 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 who can give me a verse that you use in witnessing? Memorize it or read it. Who's got a verse? Yeah, uh, uh, let's, let's get that microphone. I want the people at home to be able to hear this. Give a verse, amen, that you think is a good verse for witnessing to people. Yeah, uh, James. And if you want to say something about witnessing, say it. In uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, I don't know the exact reference. I can turn there to for sure. But it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I think it's 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 21. Right. When I talked to people about Jesus, I talked to them about how when he was dying on the cross, Jesus Christ became my sin or, and the sin of the person I'm talking to um, and was punished for it with all the wrath that I, I and he, the other person, deserves. And then when someone gets saved, uh, Jesus Christ's righteousness is applied to us. Amen. Somebody else. Okay, well, let's see how many people went. Joseph. For you hath he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. I talk about it as the body without the spirit is dead. In the medical field, you can always talk about how uh, somebody is alive, but they're not there. Right. They're, they're being kept alive. And so you ask them, what is the difference between that person who's a vegetable sitting there and the person who, who has their thoughts and their memories and their self. And so you can explain that to them that as the body without the spirit is dead, uh, so the Lord has to come in. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. It helps, me, it helps them understand uh, better what you're talking about, that they Amen. can't save themselves. Amen. Good illustration. All right. Somebody else? Brother Wood. Sometimes when, uh, when I don't really know what to say or don't have anything like, uh, I'm not already in a conversation and I'm looking for something brief to kind of open the conversation, I'll ask someone if I can share just a quick verse with them. And uh, I'll usually quote the verse in, uh, I can't even remember the reference because I'm terrible at that, but it says, uh, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all oh, acceptation. acceptation right? But that, I usually don't say that, I usually say, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Amen. And so that gives me opportunity to, uh, to explain that, just dive right into the gospel and, and sin and how he could save us. Yeah, that's a good verse in Timothy. And worthy of all acceptation. Amen. It's worthy that everyone, amen, should accept it. All right, good. Somebody else. Yes, Priscilla. Priscilla down here. A passage that I tend to use a lot in in witnessing to people is um, in John 1 where it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men because there are a lot of people in our society who um, say they don't believe in God or who are immersed in false religions that um, don't teach them that Jesus is God and then um, something that I learned just this just this past weekend 
um, is that a, a lot of times when I've when I've gone out witnessing, my my focus is you know I want to uh, my kind of my goal is like I want to present the gospel to people, and I sh I should have that as a goal, but almost even more importantly, I should have the goal um, of um, when I when I meet people, becoming friends with them because um, the Great Commission isn't just about conversions; it's about discipleship, and um, just just in the same way that um, we meet someone new and we get to know them, we become friends about friends with them and care about them and, and don't want them to go to hell. In that same way, um, in which we also introduce people to to other friends that we have. Um, we can introduce them to to the Lord, um, and so that that's something that the Lord has been teaching me. You know, those are good verses there in John, because you know it says, "The light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world." Hey, listen, not only does every man come to the world a sinner, but he comes with the light, and what life is what. Life is the light of men. <laughs> the fact that they, got, they have life, that should be a light to men that something gave that. And so God uh, gave that light to every man. The light that lighteth every man that cometh in to the world. All right, somebody else. Yes, all right. Yeah, yeah we'll wait for the microphone. We want the people at home to hear it. A verse I really like to use is, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who you know sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him and explain how our record can be exchanged with Jesus Christ based on his blood washing away our sin, based on Jesus Christ living the life that we, couldn't, we should have lived but could not live. He lived out all the works that were necessary to please God and to reconcile us to God, and uh, we can have that record of righteousness instead of coming to God with our own works. We can come to God with the works of Jesus Christ, and the whole thing's legal based on a system that a just God created who also wants to justify us and be our friend. Amen. All right, somebody else. Many as we have, Sister Pam. It's good. Um, I always like to tell people about the grace of God. Um, uh, Ephesians, tells, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then I go into talking to them about how if somebody gives you a present, they give you a gift, you didn't go wash their car for it, you didn't clean their house for it, it's a gift. And that's what God did for us. He came to the cross and he died for us. And, that, and I tell them there in Isaiah where it says that, you know, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. So even if we could possibly do anything, we can't do anything, but it's only through the blood of Jesus that we get saved. And that's where I kind of start with. Amen. Yeah, sometimes I'll ask people, say, now I'm getting ready to ask you a trick question, so pay attention. What's the most you ever paid for a gift that was given to you? And they're like, uh, uh, uh. Right? I said, well, then it wouldn't be. I said, that's right. That's right. I said, but what is a gift? It's a gift that somebody else paid for, and because they paid for it, they have the right to do what they want, and they choose to give it to you freely. And that's what salvation is. Jesus Christ paid the price for salvation, now he can do what he wants with it. And what does he want to do? He wants to give it to you freely. And also, 1 Corinthians 15, according to the scriptures, according to the scriptures. Jesus had to bring salvation according to the scriptures, so you have to receive it according to the scriptures. And make the emphasis the word of God. All right, somebody else real quick. Anybody else? Okay. Yes, Sister Charter. 
It says, for the power of God is under salvation. What is it? Right. To the Jew first. And what is it? Romans 1.16. Yeah. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So that salvation is for everyone. And it's the gospel that is what's going to give the change. Right. It's the power, the dynamite, amen? If there wasn't a change, the dynamite didn't go off. All right, one other person real quick. All right, Benjamin. Amen. I appreciate the participation. Uh, for when I was uh, witnessing to one of my uh, coworkers, um, I shared with them uh, John 17 and through 18. For God sent his, not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth is not, uh, he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son. So just trying to get him to understand that it's not necessarily what you've already done, it's what you know what you already are. So right. you're, you're already a sinner. Um, it's, it's not like, well, I haven't done this sin or I haven't done this sin. No, it's like, you're already a sinner. You know, you're already condemned already. Right. So just trying to get him to understand that. And so, and then like, if you get in, into conversations with, uh, uh, Catholics, which we have a few at my work, um, you bring up, uh, Titus 3, 5 and not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy, he saved us. And so just trying to get into good conversations with them and, Still be respectful, obviously, but um, just try to get in good conversation, get them to think uh, about uh, their salvation there. Amen. Yeah, I was thinking about that verse the other day, you know. He, he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You remember the woman caught in adultery? He said, neither do I condemn thee. So what do you mean he didn't come to condemn? Well, what's the next verse say? They're condemned already, right? It's like going into jail and say, hey, a lawyer come into jail and say, hey, I didn't come here to put you in jail. I came here to try to get you out, you know, because they're already in jail, right? They're already condemned, right? Why? Because they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. So he doesn't have to condemn them. They're already condemned. So what do they need? They don't need to be condemned. They need to be helped because they're already condemned. All right. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll stop there. Let me uh, finish this up and just give you a couple uh, thoughts on uh, uh, to do when preparing to be a witness. I'll give these quickly. Seek and pray for opportunities, then use them, Right. Uh, uh, lead directly into the definite acceptance of Christ. Uh, try to find people uh, your, your own age and your own, you know, your own. Uh, uh, and it's good for men to deal with men and women to deal uh, with w women. But, hey, if, if, the, if, if the Lord tells you to go up and witness to somebody, hey, man, and uh, everything's good, doesn't matter who it is, go up and witness to them. Uh, be courteous. Right. Uh, always be confident, be confident. Amen. Because it's not about you. You know why people aren't confident? Because it's about them. They're focusing on themselves. When you think about the Lord, when you think about he's given you the incorruptible seed, when you think that he's given you the Holy Spirit, amen, who will bring things back to your remembrance and you're doing it for him, then that'll give you confidence because you're not trusting in yourself. So don't rely on your own ability or experience. Don't be drawn into arguments. Right. Uh, and deal with deal with sinners humbly and not acting like you're more superior than they are. And we'll finish with just some just some fresh thoughts on 